Fellas, say goodbye to Chuck Sherman the boy. I am now a man. I highly recommend you join the club. We are doing the wild thing all night. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sherman. Sherman, I could build this food. Is that all you gonna eat? General Sherman realized and understood the importance of house music. So, do you know anything about techno? No. Listen. Get it on. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new episode of Sherm in the Booth. I'm, of course, your host, Sherm. Today is Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. This is episode 111, 111. You guys know how much I love interviewing people from behind the scenes in the music industry, and I am such a big fan of this guy. He's one of the most hardworking people I've met thus far. He goes by the name of Isaiah Dutman. Isaiah Dutman, and you might recognize the name if you're in the Chicago music scene. He is the talent buyer for venues like Concord Music Hall and the Aragon Ballroom, as well as festivals like North Coast and Jawbreaker. I had so much fun talking to Isaiah about his role in the scene here. He's had a lot of ups and downs in the music industry, and it was so much fun to talk to him about that journey so far. In this interview, guys, we talked about the process of booking artists at venues versus festivals, as well as what it's like behind the scenes to set these sort of things up. We talked about timeline, we talked about operations. It was so cool to hear him go really, really deep in detail on these sorts of things. We also talked about some of his favorite stories from his time in the music industry thus far. He has met so many artists, guys, and developed personal relationships with them as well, so it was really, really cool. He's got some great stories about Zed's death specifically. In my opinion, Isaiah is one of the most important offensive linemen in the Chicago music industry, and I don't say that lightly. He's got a great team that he works with. Shout out to Lucas King and everybody else involved as well at the Concord Music Hall at Aragon Ballroom and everybody involved in the festivals like North Coast and Jawbreaker as well. It's a team game, and Isaiah will be the first person to tell you that, but I do have a lot of respect for him. It was so much fun catching up with him. I was seeing him pretty frequently until this lockdown, so it was cool to see how he's been keeping busy. Congrats on your new house again, my man, and let's get into it right now, guys. This is episode 111 with Isaiah Dutman. Better? Much better. There's that pretty beautiful face. There he is. <laughs> I didn't know I was in the dark. Yeah, Dude, it's it feels so weird because, like, I haven't seen you in so long, and, like, that would be a rare occurrence. And it's, like, so many other of our, our friends in the music industry, like, it's just not the same, man. And I'm missing everybody so much, but we're all doing our part. It's it's crazy. It's, I mean, dude, you're one of the busiest guys I've ever met. It's just been a, a flip-flop for you and the rest of the team, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I always um... – you know, I would complain here and there. You know, I'm not a big complainer, but it's like, damn, I need a break. Yeah. And, um, this is not the break I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah, this is a long break. This is like yeah. house arrest break. Like, oh, you got in trouble. Yeah, right. Um, so the good thing is, you know, just following. I've been just been keeping up with the government. And, you know, I know we're on phase two and we're slowly moving into phase three. And phase five is like, you know, the reopens. And I'm just hoping... You know, there's no timeline on it. Like my state, Indiana, you know, we have a timeline. Everything's supposed to be reopened by July 4th. Um, right. Which is pretty cool. Like I like how he, you know, our government, Hol Hol Governor Holcomb did it. Um, it's like yep. Independence Day. So it's like, yeah, you're free again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the only thing I'm seeing is like, you know, some of these protests and stuff. I'm just, it's that's just the only thing that like I try to stay away from. It's just like, that's outrageous. Yeah, it's been it's been a crazy flip in the first, you know, week or two. It was really hard. And yeah. mentally, I was like, you know, freaking myself out about the virus itself. Same. I, I have one shortness of breath, one cough. And I'm like, I have it. I have it. Oh, man, meme. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like that stuff, you know, there was a point where I was freaking out. And then I was like shopping. And I like there was one night I was up to like 5 a.m., you know, just reading all the stuff. And I just like got up and I was like went and like spent like hundreds of dollars on groceries and i was just figuring out like i was ready to bunker down yeah <laughs> that passed and i was like okay i just freaked myself out for no reason and um you know just a lot it, it has been stress induced you know financials you know all this other stuff and blah, blah blah but um you know i'm just happy to be healthy and i personally don't know anybody who's ever ha who's had it um yeah me neither so good which is also very confusing, you know, it's like, hmm, 
that's also a thing that I can't just put my finger on. It is one of the, I totally agree, man. And you know, the, the, one of the craziest parts about life is sometimes when something bad happens to others, it's hard for you to really understand and appreciate it. But when it happens to you or someone close, you know, then it's yeah. like, shit's real. And in the nicest way possible, I'm kind of like, just like waiting for somebody I know to have it, like even myself. Right. Yeah, and that's absolutely. the craziest part about this whole shit is it's like, it's asymptomatic. I mean, I feel like a, a doctor these days, you know, with these terminology that I know. Right. Google my, uh, my mom used to call because, you know, as you know, I'm, I ride BMX and yeah. I, um, as, as a young, I would injure myself all the time and she would be like, you know, stay off your bike, but I couldn't yeah. stay off my bike when I was younger. And <laughs> I would be like, I Googled it. Like, I'm fine. Like, you know, I iced it. I heated it. You know, I did all this, the swelling's down. Like, I'm going to go ride. She's like, she would always say, you know, you, what do you have a Google PhD? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like that's what we all have now. Um, yeah, we do. Public- that's just being thrown at us yeah man so true well listen i'm so so excited to have you on right now i wanted to do this with you in person of course so i appreciate you taking the time right now we got time but still it means a lot brother um you know i always really enjoy talking to people like yourself who are kind of more behind the scenes and in my opinion you know i've got a few questions here that I believe, you know, people like you are the offensive linemen of the music industry, right? It's like there are quarterbacks everybody knows, but there's plenty of people that are hiking the fucking football to throw it, right? Yeah. And um, you're definitely one of those people, man. So I want to get the full story from you, bro. And I've, you know, learned a lot from you from when we've talked. But um, you're in Indiana right now, but you do a lot in Chicago. Where were you originally born? So I grew up in Oak Forest, Illinois. It's right out of, it's like the neighboring to Tinley Park is the best always explained it um so i grew up there lived there uh, most of my most of my life and my parents do still live there um mm-hmm. and i moved to indiana in march of 2018 and it was more so just kind of you know my own adventure figuring it out but not you know it's cheaper out here it's very cheaper oh but yeah I, man. But, I, but i'm super close to 80 still so i could get to the city quicker than i could get to the city from oak forest <laughs> that's so fucking nuts people are like when they say when i'm they hear me say indiana they're like oh my god you're so far what do you live in indiana i'm like if i stayed in my hometown i would take me an extra 15 minutes to get to downtown it's true <laughs> it's true the traffic yeah. from the fucking burbs to the city and vice versa could be so bad yeah and i'm just all highway i live a mile off the highway um that's so clutch. pretty good and the apartment i moved out of is three blocks down the road. So that was the easiest move I've ever done in my life. Oh man, I'm fucking jealous of that. Moving out of high rises in downtown is a bitch. So you know what you're doing, man. You're a smart guy. So you Chicago. Go ahead. I'll make it down there eventually. Um it's all it's all just a plan in motion, you know, and just kind of I enjoy this and I, I have a buddy moving here back from LA and um we might work out some deal where he just keeps like he's gonna get like a two or three bedroom and I'll just crash there on nights and like help towards rent or whatever it is. Did you um, say Barad? A buddy. Oh, I thought you said Barad. I was like, bro, from Aragon, because that guy's the fucking man. <laughs> Barad is the man. Uh, Barad great, is the man. Great dude. That's great, um, man. And dude, props like like that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah, well, we'll get we'll get into the Live Nation crew at the Aragon because that is like one of. I mean, dude. Fuck, like, the Concord crew, the Aragon crew, like, anybody that you've given me opportunities through, it's, like, some of the best people I've ever worked with. Like, professionalism is, of course, like, at a very upper echelon, but, like, who they are and what they do it for is probably the most enjoyable part, you know? It's, like, no one's making millions of dollars, but, like, when I was talking to Barada, we were talking about the specs of Galantis' stage, and I asked him one thing, and I kind of knew some terminology, and he was like, okay, let's go a little deeper, right? And it's, like, it's the same thing with the sound and lighting guys at the Concord, man. Like, they just love their jobs. And it's good. They always, I've always found, like, that everybody I've worked with, um, you know, through Concord, through Aragon, you know, venues and stuff, it's just, like, a lot of humbleness and they're always they like people that are you know polite and there and also like to ask questions because like the biggest thing is they they would rather you have them ask the question and figure it out together for you just to go out on a limb and do it yourself and then oh my something happened wrong and that happens all the time when you know we have locals you know come by these venues i'm like just you know don't be shy to ask any questions you know yeah. because we would rather have you do 
we'd rather have you ask us and us show you how to do it right than you to like be afraid and then do it wrong and then it's just terrible um <laughs> and i this this one very moment it always kind of stuck with me um uh, we were doing a concert with sir um if you're familiar with him he's on kendrick lamar's label he's really great yeah, yeah. Um, and he brought he had a a local it was on the album he's on the label but he's ne- he's played like three shows his entire life so he had all these all these songs on all his stuff on a usb and he was just giving it to um i forgot who like the direct supports dj was djing for him but yeah. all wrong something was wrong with all of them where they were formatted wrong like they weren't mp4s or something yeah and when he was doing sound check it just sounded terrible and as you know, Concord's like one of the best system sound systems in the city. Yeah. And like, what is wrong with this? And the PM Jay Forrest um, at Concord. Yep. Literally took like an hour of his time to like take all this guy's music off Dropbox, Google Drive, where he had it stored on his computer, format it correctly, and this guy, you know, had a great performance. His music was great. And Jay is he's a metalhead. Um, yeah. He he's in a band called Hope's Fall. If you ever heard of it. Jay's and in a band? That's awesome. He's a lead vocalist for Hope's Fall. They're actually pretty big. Wow, uh, that's awesome. So he, and he's like, you know, not to say like he that despises the music, you know, it's just not his, you know, cup of tea. But yeah. he took all this time out and helped this guy. And he had like this really, it sounded phenomenal. We like all went and watched side stage. We're like, yeah, let's watch it, you know. <laughs> it was a great performance. And the dude walked out and he was like, you know, about to cry of tears, like, thank you so much to our team, you know, of yeah. an amount, because if, you know, the PM at Conoco was just like, whatever, you know, he didn't format his music right, that's his fault, it's his performance. Right, right. And that's always one that just kind of stuck with me, and it was just like, it made me, you know, not, I already had a great amount of respect for Jay, but it just, you know, increased that. Yeah, man, I mean, you, you guys, like, obviously are part of the show in one way or another, maybe the people that are there aren't thinking about that, but you're an integral part of making all these things work. So that's an awesome story, man. Jay, Jay immediately was so helpful to me. I remember walking in the first time I played Concord and, um, just like was taken back by, you know, like the communication levels, right? Like, I mean, dude, we're in the music industry, right? Like, you know, like people, people respond weeks later about a question that you want answered (laughs) then, right? I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, I mean, we're going to talk about some of the stories with agents and shit that you've experienced, but, um, dude, especially my experience at, um, Aragon with Barad and everybody, I mean, it was within like five minutes we were getting emails answered. And I was to the point where I was like, I was like, can we keep asking questions? And then we called Barad and he was like, keep asking me questions. Mm. Fuck yeah, dude. All right. I got a lot more of that. Yeah. I mean, communication is like, it's so weird. Um, as I've, you know, and you kind of figure it out as you go, um, being an yeah. and I like any, I'm obviously, you know, there's agency assistants and, you know, assistants in the, in my side, the producer side. And mm-hmm. the best thing is I always see is like, we all somehow come up with like this technique in this program where we chase the person, but do it politely. And, yes. <laughs> you know, you don't. You don't want to push the buttons too much, but, like, you still, you know, it's, like, kindly following the cup or, like, you know, happy Friday, <laughs> you know, checking back in on this, you know. Yeah. It's weird ways to do it, and I've always laughed at some of the ones that I see. And yeah. there's an Instagram page, like, agent versus promoter. And <laughs> it's, like, funny memes like that and stuff, and it's always kind of just, you know, all comical, and, you know. Insanely accurate. Yeah. It's yeah. insanely accurate. Some of them I see, I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> that just happened to me. Yeah, I love uh, that. Man. It's all, all just you know, it's learning proper etiquette, and you know, it goes a far way. But you also have to remember, you know, we're all in this, and there's so many things moving at the same time. You know, there's sure. points where I'm, you know, I'm juggling ten projects at once, and you know, I'm doing meetings, I'm doing conference calls. And I'm also, you know, trying to reply to emails and text messages and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah. (laughs) Of course, man. I know you do juggle a lot. Uh, Isaiah, I want to know the timeline between, you know, you growing up in Chicago suburbs to really coming into your talent buying role, um, you know, whatever age that was. I remember you mentioned to me one day at the Concord, you were throwing your own house parties, right? Yeah. So 
Um, we were throwing the house parties at moms, you know, friends' houses, you know, stuff like that. Whoever would let us have these parties. <laughs> and it was a really big thing because my good friend, Evan, um, he now lives in L.A., but he's moving back to Chicago, so I'm speaking about. Oh, this guy, yeah. And he, he goes by Joystick, if you're familiar with him. Um, that's yeah, DJ. yeah. We've talked about this guy. I've seen, I've heard of his music and stuff too. Yeah, super great. Um, so he went out there, you know, pursue Icon, um, the big music school. Oh, that yeah, man, did. nice. So, uh, so me and him, he, you know, he was just a DJ. He wasn't a producer then, but we were, you know, sophomores in high school, and we just, you know, we wanted to have a good time. So we would throw. He would DJ, and I would, I would do all the planning. Uh, as it goes <laughs> to this day. Um, and we would, you know, we would get kegs, you know, whatever it was, you know, underage drinking, sorry. Um, <laughs> and we would just charge at the door. And so many, it just, they eventually just got bigger, 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 and bigger that we couldn't do them at houses anymore because either one, the parents were pissed at us, two, <laughs> the, police, the police knew of us. And we were, yeah. you know, we weren't, knock on wood, I've never been arrested, but we were close to being, you know, arrested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it finally just, you know, we finally started tapping in to venues. And this is what happened with his, his older brother, Austin, who is my, he basically my older brother. He's been my mentor. Um, awesome. He's showed me a lot of business aspects and uh, a lot of things. And I call him my brother. A lot of people say, you know, my brother Austin, my brother Austin. Um, that's what kind of comes from me because it's way, it's like we are family. We're just not flesh and blood. Yeah, uh, of course, man. We love each other like that. So he, him and um, my buddy Mark, Mark owned Mojo's in Joliet for about 18 years. Wow. They started a company called Festus Live, and we were doing company, we were doing shows, we were renting venues and doing shows at anywhere we can in Chicago while competing with React. Mm-hmm. So it was basically us getting, trying to get any show possible that we could that could sell tickets and also be good. So yeah. it was hard because at that point in time, React was just so powerful and there really wasn't any competition. Um, yeah. So it was like we would, the only way we'd get shows if we were, as if we were like paying double and then there was like no money to be made. Yeah. And it was just very hard, but you know, we did it. We did probably, you know, 80 to 100 shows in the span of two years. Awesome, dude. Fuck. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of things that we would try to get these shows on was we would be like, okay, we'll do Chicago, Iowa, Michigan. And, you know, we would do various markets. Like we want, we want to give you four shows in one. Right. The best part is I just remember is all of us just always huckering up in like in a rental van. Um, And then finally my buddy Austin, my brother Austin, his dad um, has a van that he uses for work. And it's like a Dodge. It's a Chrysler van, and it's like a, it was like a brand new one we call the Consuela. She <laughs> was awesome. I miss her. She's like in New York right now traveling. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we would all just jump in Consuela and drive to Iowa, drive to Michigan, drive you know Detroit, all, all these other places, yeah. and we'll produce shows there. And we'd go out there and meet with venue owners and stuff like that. Yeah, like, let's do these shows together, stuff like that, you know, and just try to make business and that. They brought me on um, probably after the second show. I just remember I sold tickets from four of them, and we ended up blowing, I sold like two hundred in like three weeks at like twenty five dollars a head, and they were like, "Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> so then I just kind of kept nagging them, and I was like, "When's the next show?" You know, I was young, and I was you know I was just probably very annoying, and I was just nagging, and I was like, "I want to be involved." You know, when can I get more tickets? You know, blah blah blah. All my friends are asking me. And it just kept going from there where I was just getting closer with them and I was turning profits for them. So that's also a good thing. Yeah. And they find, finally, I just officially came on as like more so just like an assistant, but it was just like, we need you to go here and pick up flyers and drop them off here. Yeah. We need to do this. We need to do that. And then it just slowly all started to come together where I was just like, you know, going out to dinner with them and they were, I was learning and then. I was getting looped in on emails, and I was following along with stuff like that and doing advances, and then I was filling out the office for them and then sending it to them, and then they would send to the agent yeah. and stuff like that, and it all just took off to finally I was operating Festus Live by myself, and they were just kind of in the shadows. And um, it was great. Um, it was a great learning experience because I always say um, there's a difference between a promoter and a talent buyer. Yeah. And, 
promoters are, you know, they've risked their own money. They've done everything. They, you know, I've, I've booked a show, I've ran a show, and I've handed out flyers for the next show outside of it. You know, it's... There's, Cradle to the grave, man, yeah. You have done everything. And, and then there's just, like, talent buyers who, you know, just all they do is book shows. And, that. And, it's, and there's always a difference from them. And I try to always, and, like, that is always, like, the positive thing to kind of think in the zone. And it's like, yes, my title is, you know, an assistant talent buyer, but I'm not just a talent buyer. You right. Know, I, it's, you know, I try to make myself, you know, a man of all trades and whatever needs to get done, needs to get done, you know, roll up sleeves. Yeah. I've seen you, do, I've seen you personally do like 10 different jobs too. And that's probably only a quarter of how many you actually do. Yeah. So it's always just been like a good thing. And I've always enjoyed to keep myself busy and make myself a viable aspect, you know, yeah. of like um asset. And, you know, it's just like, it's so it's I always like to learn new things you know there's there's never it never hurts to just have the knowledge and you know I admit it I've been asked you know by you know my higher-ups and other people like hey can you do this and I you know it's also a good point to be like yes I have knowledge of it but do I personally don't think I could do it the way that you would want me to and that goes a far way to like okay understood you know respect other than you know like me going out on a limb and being like, oh, God, they asked me to do it. I'm going to, I have to do it. And then, you know, just screwing it up somehow. And it's just like, because time is a big thing in, in the side of stuff too. Yeah. Um, power of no is a huge aspect, especially in the, in the music industry, right? Like you don't want to overextend yourself. You want to be good at what you do. So I respect that, man. Yeah. You always want to be good. And um, the power of no is, is it's just a funny thing. Um, it took me a while to learn. I think that's, that was my, my downside is like whatever I was asked I did and um finally I got to a point and it all comes with you know comfortability um relationships and stuff like that and um as you know me and my higher ups have a great relationships and you know they're more they're friends now you know not just bosses yeah and it'll get to a point where you know I'll argue with them and they'll argue with me (laughs) it's it's not like either of us are mad at each other or you know I'm in trouble or you know the opposite it's more so just like getting to the point and voicing the opinion, which is the big thing other than just sitting there quietly. Yeah, absolutely, man. But there's Dang. been thousands of probably millions of ideas that I've said, and they looked at me and they were like, you're out of your mind. And I'm like, oh, get off. I'm just hey. throwing them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that, man. And, and Isaiah, for those that, um, you know, that maybe aren't involved in the industry that tune into the podcast, you said talent buyer right for those that don't understand how would you define your role and what exactly is uh, you know an aspect of your responsibility with these roles yeah so i try to you know do it towards when people ask me like family friends you know i just say that like i am booking manager and it's like yeah. best way it's like you know i i help i'm an assist, i'm an assistant booking manager so i would you know i help with you know, the conversations as it goes of booking the artist, whether it's with the art, with all the artists' team, you know, yep. managing agency team, agents, um, as far as that goes, you know, and, and agreeing on the terms to bring them to a venue in Chicago, a venue, uh, you know, or a festival in Chicago and, you know, some of the other markets that we tap into. Right. And it's more so just like, and also seeing it through. And that's the big thing. And, you know, with our bigger events, like, you know, the New Year's one, um, in Milwaukee and North Coast, of course, I also take on the roles where I do all vendor management and I do on-site operations. Yeah. Add that to the list. Yeah. So it's just a lot of, it's more so just, I like keeping busy and, you know, there's no way of, and that's what we all do. You know, Lucas is not just, you know, Lucas and Berg are not just the owners and founders of North Coast. You know, they... We were there, you know, two weeks before we even opened gates. All of us, we would get there at 8 a.m. and huckle down in a trailer and leave at, you know, 10 p.m. And then repeat it. And it's all, you know, we're all running around on the site, you know, communicating with, you know, the Live Nation folks and, you know, the the, un- the local union hands that we had there, you know, building the stages and Monaco that's putting up their sponsor activation. And, yes, you know, and it's, it's all of us, you know, and it's it's funny because some of us just like, we're like, we don't know how to put it on a, you know, 
we don't know how to put it on a site, CAD, but we'll tell you where we want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate that. And that, that was great in layman's terms, too. Um, you mentioned, you know, North Coast and you're involved, uh, for those that don't know, Jawbreaker, Radiance, Concord, of course. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into these types of experience, right? Like, so let's maybe just start with Concord and then we'll go to something like North Coast. In terms of timeline for events, I know it can be various for each, right? How far in advance do you plan out a show for Concord? How far in advance do you plan out a festival like North Coast? Yeah, so shows actually get booked pretty well in advance, more than people would think. But there's also the very late shows, too. You know, right. It's more so just, you know, the agents routing, you know, the touring, whatever it is, you know, we've done. Um, you know, there's some that are booked a year in advance. And, you know, it's more so they're worked on, but not as, as intense because those are, you know, obviously a lot easier to produce at, you know, a 14 hundred capacity venue other than doing 25,000 people a day at a festival right so they're you know I, I'm not going to compare them because they all have their own challenges and they're all as far as that but as far as the timeline goes um, you know obviously it's easier to turn around to produce an event at Concord right um, but we've done shows where if you remember the ganja white night thing they had an issue with ticketing they were doing that after party at like the 250 cap room yeah. um with um, no phones, like the blackout after party thing. Right. And ticketing system malfunctioned and they accidentally sold, like they way oversold. Um, <laughs> so they, they called us at like 5 p.m. and we were asking, you know, can we do it at Concord? And by, you know, 11, a, you know, 11 p.m., doors were open for the after party and stage yeah. was built, you know? <laughs> right. Because you guys yeah. do a lot of late night shows there too. So it's, you know, it's, it's all owed up to the crews. You know, there's a lot of, you know, stagehands, you know, at Concord, you know, that are there at, you know, 8 a.m. when the tour bus arrives and they don't leave until, you know, 5 a.m. until the tour bus is loaded back up. And, you know, those are the backbone of, you know, a lot of these shows that, you know, we create and everybody's got their own job and stuff like that. Um, and most of the festivals, you know, are more so the local one to, you know, stagehand guys, you know, the riggers and stuff like that. Those, yeah. those guys are doing long days, too, like that. Yeah. Um, the more so North Coast Memorial one that I'll remember is um, we had an overnight um, stage change for uh, base sector, the major lasers stage, uh, oh. you know, production specs. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I'll give it to those guys, you know, because I was just too, way too tired. You know, I got there at 8 a.m. and it was like midnight and we finally just, you know, basically just walked off stage and, you know, people were leaving the park and it's just like they just started tearing down and they were like another six hours ago. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. And both those stages were insane, too. Yeah. And so North Coast, we started the booking process. I want to say in like November. Yeah. And September. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably, yeah, just, yeah, for September. Um, and then, you know, the meetings start to kick up, um, you know, just right after the new year, you know, like, you know, with the Live Nation side, you know, at the Northern Island side. Yeah. And, you know, it's just more so we're all just trying to get a grasp on things, you know, and a lot of it's budgeting meetings. Um, and then, you know, there's also the hiring, you know, who who are we going to need for this year? Who's not returning from last year? Yeah. Uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, there's always a good at least eight months to work on it. You know, that's what we also we always need at least eight to produce. Eight months, man. Eight months of pretty much nonstop work, which is already on top of what you're doing with everything else. Right. Like November, you start talking about North Coast. You still got New Year's Eve that you're planning, right? That's like probably <laughs> in the heat of it. <laughs> yeah. And New Year's is great. Um, you know, back to last year was our first year, and we did eight like 8,800 people. And then this year, we just did a little over 9,000. And it's um, you know, it's always great to see that you know come to life because that's also a big, you know, that's also a big challenge, especially with it being Milwaukee. Some people are a little standoff about it, but we just have. We just love the venue so much, and you know that team is just phenomenal um, yeah. to work with, and it's just it's always so smooth, and you know, 
and it's it's great to just see it come alive and that one is that's probably the second you know biggest challenger of you know my my yearly projects and stuff like that yeah absolutely man and you know even with festivals and venues there are so many things that go into it right like lining up tour dates like you said gear specs pay rates i mean we could probably have a whole separate interview just saying things for an hour right yeah there's what are some of the obstacles that maybe you know you face that you guys are always having to deal with maybe that there are things that you know how to deal with or things that you can never deal with is there a simple answer yeah i'm gonna walk walk with walk with the sign i gotta grab my laptop charger but um there, i can't say there's a simple answer because there's just things that just happen <laughs> uh, and there's just a, there's a lot of aspects and you know, my first year with North Coast was 2018, and we rained, we rained out two of the three days. Oh man, dude! Yeah. I played that last day, and I was so thankful too because that was my first time playing at North Coast. Mm. The rain was fucking next level too. It wasn't just it like was a little like, bit of rain. It was it heavy. Was and the, I just remember my my girlfriend at the time was. Um, was there and I obviously was you know work mode and I was just letting her enjoy herself you know I let you know she was there with her friends and I just remember us getting a call from you know the local the local government just saying like that we had to shut down because there was lightning 10 miles away so I luckily got to tell her leave now and then in 10 minutes we announced over you know all the speakers but that that's like the stuff you know that just happens immediately and then we have to just rush to you know do it you know how do we get everybody out of the park safely and you know without any issues and stuff like that you know there's just a lot of different challenges that you tackle that just appear other than just like me trying to like say like oh this is what happened because it's different for every scenario so true man i remember that first first night was actual and grosso um, that was a great lineup too. And I remember they, everybody got kicked out early and I made me and my friends stand kind of outside under this tree. Cause I was like, they're going to get They're going to let us back in, man. We're going to get front row held off was soaked. Yeah. <laughs> Next night, DJ snake was ready to go. Lightning strikes. I'm like, God damn yeah. it. He was on the stage. Just on- everybody. Like, I was like, Oh my God, this is like the worst, you know, for the, for the fan side. And, you know, a lot of, I feel like, you know, if you have fans that listen, you know, and they're just not industry, I'm sure. Um, yeah. There's a lot of thoughts that we go into for them. And, you know, I, I hate, you know, there's a lot of comments, you know, that, you know, people are like, you know, they're just money hungry, you know, stuff like that. They don't yeah. care about the fans. And that's the stuff that we always try. You know, they're, me, myself, I go through every social media's messages and comments. Yeah. And I, they my you know my higher ups do the same too and we you know we always try to you know do everything for them um, and be the best you know event producers you know and try to be as like accommodating as we can with certain situations right. some of them are just like you know bizarre and out of our control you're not unreachable though which is great and there's a lot of decision based stuff you know made for them and it's it was just that was just terrible you know, to do, but I was glad, you know, I know we won some of them back and made them happy, you know, by, you know, Friday and Saturday tickets were able to use Sunday and Sunday, you know, we didn't have any rain, of course, yeah, uh, that year. And, you know, but there's, you know, there's the other portion of people that were like, we're not going back. We're never going to North Coast again. Dude, for the Midwest, there can be a lot of haters in Chicago, but you guys, you guys did a great job. Like, rolling with the punches at that event too that's interesting that was your first year too that was quite the deep dive there huh <laughs> yeah so it gave me a lot of knowledge you know as far as what it goes and it helped a lot because that was right before i joined the concord team was that weekend <coughs> but then things calmed down at the north coast and i joined concord and um yeah, it, it was it was all, you know, hectic, but it was just like, this is how it is. And it was also good to get thrown into that and experience that because it just made me more aware for planning um, for all the other future stuff. Because, I mean, we do, I'm sure you know, but, you know, there's Jawbreaker, there's Radiance, there's North Coast, there's Aragon, there's Indy 500 Snake Pit that we did in Annapolis. Right. Um, 
we just worked on Sun Lion in Orlando, Florida, which uh, unfortunately isn't happening due to you know COVID. But you know, there's just always things that we are just slowly tapping into, and it's all just you know big. A lot of big stuff happens, and there's there's some events like indie where we're not as involved in the you know the operations side, and we're just more so just talent and you know kind of figuring out all that other stuff and communicating with agents and you know the indie team. Um, but there's, you know, as of North Coast, Aragon, Concord, you know, we are hands-on for everything. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, you've booked some of the biggest artists in the world across all those different venues. I mean, just like, just the artists that have come through Concord in and of itself is insane. You know, the Cascades, Zed's Deads, Fisher, Mala. I want to ask you, because this is an interview with you, Isaiah, all right? Who are some of the favorite people you've booked? Let's start with electronic music. And anybody that maybe is you've seen in the rise of popularity since you've been involved too, because two years, you know, two three years is a, is um, not a long time, but also a lot can happen. Yeah, um, I want to say what you know my favorite shows that we've ever thrown together is obviously you know North Coast 2018 or 2019 was like probably my all time favorite. Um, you know, just that was more like just kind of like. My mom was calling it my baby because it was all that I was talking about and all that I was focused <laughs> on. And it's, it sucks because even though you don't know it, you also are slowly not showing attention to other stuff. And, you know, there was a point where it's just like, we need you to, you know, we need you to be more focused on Concord too. And right. Was, okay, I'm sorry. You know, thank you for letting me know. Right. And, you know, but that was just like all I was, you know, you know, this head was just spinning for all of that. Yeah. And, Oh, just to see it all come to life and you know most all of the reviews were positive and it was just like one of the greatest things and i just remember when it was over it was just like <sighs> and like we all just sat and you know had you know had a couple beers together at the end and it was just like that was great but as far as concord goes i want to say you know the two nights of fisher were my favorite you know greatest that was the first time we ever went on the floor yeah and, man the um, boiler room type stuff, the model ones are great. Um, I always love to work with Zed's Dead. They're, you know, just great dudes to work with. And Dude, those are your boys, man. Doesn't he give you, you gave him shoes? What's that story? I want to hear that story again. Um, so we were at Tao for dinner, and um, I've known Dylan from Zed's Dead for quite a while. And I had uh, black Yeezys. I went, I'm like a Yeezy fanatic, so I had my black ones on. Yeah. And we're sitting next to each other, and I'm getting up to go to the bathroom, and he's just like, those are so fire. We, <laughs> I, I came back from the bathroom, and, I, and we're, we just kept talking about it, and we're sitting there. And it's funny, because it was just right close when we're finishing the meal, and we're kind of just waiting for the check, and we're just both on StockX, like, just showing each other. You know, she's like, listen, you found this pair. And he was like, I, he's like, I really want these, but I can't find them anywhere in Canada. Because Dylan still lives in Toronto, um, right. exactly, in L.A. And um, I was like, dude, let me call my guy. I could probably have him at Aragon by the end of your set. And he's like, yeah, right. You know, and just like kind of laughed it off. So I, I called my buddy Joseph. And Joseph, listen, shout out to you for the story, too. And um, he's he's like, I personally have a pair that I've only worn once, and I'll bring them to you. And I was like, great. I will purchase them as a gift. So he, he comes off stage at Aragon, um, you know, Typical, like, you know, great show, you know, we're both thinking, like, thank you for coming, stuff like this. Two showed out nights, right? <laughs> so, then I'm messing with him at this point, right? And he's like, he's like, so where are my shoes? And I was like, nah, man, I couldn't get them, you know. You know, uh, I'll, I'll work some out and ship them to you. And he's like, yeah, no, you know, don't worry about it, no sweat. And, but I had them already. They were just, I was going to give them like, to him at Concord. And um, <laughs> so we get to Concord, and, he, he, you know, we're in the goon room, and I, I let him go get settled. And I'm, you know, speaking with the team and finally, so I have them and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do it. So I walk in and I'm like, Dylan, I got something for you. And he was like, he was like, what? And I just, I just put this box from behind me. He's like, no fucking way. So I got the Yeezys he wanted. And it's, it was just, yeah, that's, it's small things like that that make relationships go far. Um, yeah. You know, it's also just stuff like that. And that, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments, just like messing with them too saying i couldn't get them and then you know having them was you know just seeing the reaction was you know great because you know as far as like a lot of people going how you mentioned like you know these are major artists you know but they're also just people at the end of the day too and you know they 
they love, you know, just conversing and, you know, just talking about other things and music and you know, stuff like that. And that's also where, you know, it comes to a relation with a lot of these, you know, people that I work with, you know, a lot of these artists. And I the gaming helps too. Most of them game. I'm a big gamer. We all that's true, we, yeah. All game together and it's also just something, you know, just other than you know, just music-related stuff, because I'm sure that, you know, there's promoters out there that are just, you know, they're like, oh, can't work, you know, just let me have my green room, you know, but <laughs> you know, just knowing space and stuff like that, a bit, like, you know, I know them, you know, I was, like, sitting in the production office, and, like, Dylan pops in, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, you know, come hang out in the room, have a beer, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. Who's, who's had some insane writers, though, over the years? Um insane some so people do man that, that really lands in you know the artist relations hands and stuff but the ones that i've like scrolled through and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i just remember looking at um the skrillex one for indie last year and yeah it's like it's for him you know and his touring team and you know everybody travels with him he's always with like a minimum of like 10 people and, you know, they're like, we want stuff in the green room and we want, you know, cooler stock stage and stuff. And there's just like so many odd things where I was just like, wow, oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's he, and, you know, and based on as well, but they just travel so big. It's not just like one artist and his tour manager coming through and they want a couple bottles and a couple snacks. It's like right. all these people are working and they're they, you know, this is just part of, you know, this is their hospital rider. And, you know, it's like, yeah. you know, security, tour manager, lighting, video, photographer, you know, the, you know, it just goes the whole nine yards. And, right. Like, it all makes sense. It's not like, oh, you know, he's so big and he's so egotistic that he wants all this stuff. It's like, no, you know, this is, he just, he just it's a big team and it's a big, you know, performance that all wraps together. Of course. I'm, you know, dude. And that's the thing, too, that people don't think about, right? Like, they, I think a lot of people consider these bigger artists, they, you know, from my perspective, from what I've heard, they think they're conceited, right? Oh, you're so big, and you know, all these special things. Like, I know Cascade, I've seen, you know, in the past, he asked for, like, China plates and all this sort of stuff, right? It's, like, very luxurious. But it's, like, you got to understand, like, the writer is part of comfort for people that are on the road a lot, you know? For sure. And that, that I, you know, I've firsthand seen it, and it it affects people mentally too. So you always want to, the biggest thing that we've always tried to do is, you know, just give them like a good stay. Um, yes. You know, so take them out for a nice meal. Um, you know, just be as accommodating as we can, you know, let them have early venue access so they could just kind of, you know, just get off the bus and, you know, come work on music, you know, or just, you know, relax in the green room. As you've seen, you know, we got Netflix up in there. Yeah, you know. I played Super Smash. Yeah, I was doing it all, like Nintendo, whatever it might be. I thought it was so we sick. Try to be accommodating as we can. There's a lot more future plans that, um, you know, as far as like that, you know, the, the backstage area at Concord is going. And uh, I wish I just could disclose some, but I can't. But, um, you know, it's just going to be more and more better eventually. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited, yeah. man. Um, Isaiah, a question I really wanted to ask you again, like I mentioned in the beginning, you individually are one of the biggest offensive linemen in the game, right? You're the guy who's making the decisions, putting names in the hat for, you know, local supports, um, at festivals, at Concord, at Aragon. Um, you know, you've provided opportunities for people like me and D, man, and we're eternally grateful for that. And I know you're saying you're just doing your job, but for those that are maybe thinking about like, how can I get bigger shows? From a talent buyer perspective, what are you looking for? Because you're an extension of us, right? Like when you put our name in a hat, you're also putting yourself in the hat. In my yeah. in, in my perspective, for sure. yeah, you know everything always. You know you. There's always you know I'm responsible for you too as well, and it's right. it's always like I I I have my ear to the streets a lot. You know I do a lot of driving. Um, so I'm always just, you know, looking. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen my posts. I'll have, like, I have a really good relationship with the admin, admins of EDM Chicago. Yeah, so man. It's awesome. We have a group chat. So I'll just ask them to post, like, local DJs, like, you know, of this type of music, you know, what send us some, like, you know, post some of your music. And I've done it personally myself. And sometimes it's hard because there's, like, 500 comments. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
damn, this blew up, you know, and I'm like, you know, but I'll, and I try my best to look through it, and, you know. Yeah, your friend requests are just like the, 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 the. And I add them all, you know, and I, you know, I, I'll read and respond to their messages and stuff like that, you know, because I was, I was once that kid, um, and I'm going to tap, I'm going to leave your question to come back. Um, the funny part is how I actually got met Lucas was I messaged him on Facebook. Really? And I gave him my, like a short bio and I was like, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, set up a call or have a call, you know, have lunch sometime. Um, you know, to get to know each other, and he was he he responded like three weeks later, and um, had his email, his personal email. He's like, send me a resume, and kind of you know the rest is history. But um, wow. I just you know it's I always like you know there is etiquette to each way of trying you know to establish relationships. But if you just hit me up on my personal Facebook and you're like, hey dude, you know when you know. I know what you do. Don't you know? Don't want to be too much bothered. But here's my music. If you check it out, I listen to it. And I, like I said, I do all my driving, and a lot. Of, I'm listening to a lot of local music, and you know, I'll sit in my room when I'm bored, and if I'm, I'm just working on stuff or at the office, you know, I'm I'm always trying to listen to local music because I know locals are also be backbone um, for yep. this week. And I try to give them all. You know, obviously you can't please everybody, but I try to you know give everybody opportunities. And even if, you know, I think they're not there, I try and help with, like, other venues. You know, there's been many, you know, that I've introduced to other promoters and they've gotten shows, you know, and I was like, you should really get in contact with this person. Or it was, like, last minute I got asked to help out on a smaller show. And it's like, okay, well, I like you, but I don't like, the, but I don't think you're ready for Concord, but how about this Chop Shop show I'm working with, you know? And it's just right. like that. And it all, it all comes round and round, and I always try to be... and. There, I, I know where I get the nickname Watro is like you are just like I know you lo- know all the locals and they all know you and and stuff like that but it's more so it's just like I just try to be there and I'll support in other ways that I can you know I've gone to shows that I don't mind that locals are playing just because they asked me to come and I was like you know yeah I could you know I'll go hang out have a couple of beers just to see people grow because that's you know that's the big thing is that you don't know who's gonna end up being what Everybody starts somewhere, man. Yep. We start somewhere. And, you know, and I always try to maintain positive relationships and, um, you know, give advice is the best way I can. You know, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, how do I get booking for festivals? How do I get booking gigs? And the best thing that I've seen is, you know, you've seen it yourself, is when I'm at these shows, I'll, I'll go in the crowd and just hang out and, you know, watch everything and meet people and stuff like that. Yeah. And, People would just come up to me and was like, "Hey, man, you know, you know, show's great. You know, here's my USB if you can check it out. You know, and it just shows that they're like initiative. You know, they purchased their own ticket to the show. Yeah, and they're you know gave you know and they wanted to you know expand themselves and you know and the best way that I could say is you know just trust the process and believe in yourself and yeah. your, your time will eventually come and you know but just also be as supportive as you can to these promoters because they will remember." Um, as far True. as like, like I, I, I remember and you know and I always try to do that too and that's like the best piece of advice that I, I think of off the top of the head for sure yeah man that was dude that was heartfelt and honestly I think it's so true um, you know and in one way or another I've you know booked my own shows and hosted events right and you give you give an opportunity to a little guy and there's there's a mutual respect there right because you know that hey like I've seen people that were in your position before I see what you're doing you're following your path, you know, you're not like doing this for the wrong reason, you're doing it for the love of music, the love of sharing it with other people, the experience, and um, I think that's why I really connect with you too, is I think we both kind of see in each other, we're doing this for the reason, the, the pure passion of the love of music, right? For sure, yeah, absolutely, and that's also, it's just this great thing, you know, it just, it's created so many friendships for me, uh, yeah, you know, man. most friends like D, he's like, you know, obviously, you know, he's one of my best friends, and, he's a fucking you know, man. We don't appreciate you making fun of our haircuts the other week, but, but. <laughs> you know that's that's me showing my love. That's me showing. Oh, I know. I'm gonna call you after the horrible hair challenge. Look at this shit right now, bro. God oh, damn. It's the longest it's ever been. Wow, you look like you're about to go fucking skateboarding right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> look at that hair. Justin Bieber. It is oh. Justin Bieber. Be proud of that flow. Yeah, I know. At least I'm not losing it. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> my, my, my roommate, he's like, he thinks he is and he's not, but I tease him about it all the time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just, that's how I show my love, you know, I'm just, I'm just a big jokester sometimes, and, you know, I gotta teach. I'm the same way, man, I'm the same way. Um, Isaiah, I want to ask you something else, too, of course, you know, now we're in the situation, right, like, we do, we are starting to see a light in the, the end of the tunnel with COVID and the future of the music industry. A month ago, it really seemed like I have no idea what's going to happen. And right. now we're talking about at least in Illinois, Indiana, and, um, you know, other states are starting to come open again. First off, a lot has changed in the past 10 years in the electronic music industry, the music industry in general, right? Like the rise of festivals, super clubs, you know, like all these other things that are coming to fruition. And now everybody's on the bench right? It's like the great equalizer. Everybody, like you, me, Calvin Harris, Zed's dead, everybody's at home, right? And now we're all looking towards the future. And one of the common themes I've noticed is that, you know, in the nicest way possible, only the strong will survive. I want to know, like, your opinion of what do you think is going to happen with, you know, the near future and maybe the aftermath in the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's, it's hard to, you know, it's a great question, Sharon. Um, it's more so, <laughs> like, I don't hope badly for anybody, even if they are my enemies. Um, you know, if they're competition and stuff like that, because, you know, this is one thing that I've picked up from Lucas is, you know, human first. And, um, you know, I, there's been things that happened in competition that were, you know, that benefited us for sure. You know, yeah. at, the, at the same time, like, yes. You know, like, great news for us. But at the same time, you know, we reach out to them, you know, we're like, you know, sorry here. You know, human first is the big thing, you know. So I hope, you know, I, I, everybody, the biggest thing that I could probably come up with that, you know, with that is that once this all lightens up, it's just everybody's going to go running. And it's going <laughs> to be, it's, I think it's going to be great because I think there is going to be some really great shows. And there's going to be, there's going to be competition and, you know, competing, yeah. the, com the competitiveness is also, you know, it's, it's fun. You know what I, I mean? It's like, um, and it's fun. And it's like, you know, I remember like, this is what I always, you know, use as an analogy is like the, you know, one of the major weekends before all this happened, you know, we had Dylan Francis in town, we had Jaws in town, we had Peekaboo in town, we had AC Slater in town. Um, and there the, was this, the week before it all went shut down too yeah and there's this you know there was there was all these amazing shows and um i think that's how it's going to be for a while because you know like you said a lot of these people are just on the bench and you know it's, it's great you know there's silver lining to it all like you said you know family time you know they're with you know significant others you know spending more time you know working on themselves and you know working on music and stuff like that and that's also a good thing is you know there's going to be a lot of great music that comes out of this you yeah. know a lot of people at home and but a thing that i think that's going to happen is a lot a lot of these artists are going to jump on a bus and they're 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 hitting the tour <laughs> for there's sure gonna be, there's going to be a lot of you know a lot of shows you know every weekend um for a while more so just like you know you know people playing club acts you know like tau prism you know electric hotel stuff like that and yep. there's gonna be shows that you know aragon concord you know chop shop uh logan square and radius yeah. like that and there's just gonna be a it's gonna be hard you know as a fan you know as a you know you, you know electronic music lover to like kind of pick which one you want to go to for a while because there's just gonna be a lot of um stuff going on in the market yeah Absolutely. Great answer, man. Great answer for a great question. And I honestly agree with you, man. I think um, there's going to be a lot of ingenuity and a lot of competition that comes out of this, right? Like all these big guys are ready to go. They already were ready to go, right? And now venues are going to need to make up for lost time too. And, yeah. you know, you want to hire big acts. So I think here's the thing. It's a double-edged sword because people are going to go out no matter what, right? Like we're all cooped up. We're all ready to go. And also at the same time, it's like there are going to be also people who are unsure and there's going to be competition. But I don't know. I'm really excited to see, like, in an optimistic way what happens, because 
it's tough, man. You know, like from a monetary perspective for a lot of people, right? Like you mentioned in the very beginning, we've got to find new ways. And it's been crazy to see all the live streaming that's going on. Like, this has always been here too, right? Like for the past five years, you could have live streamed this whole fucking time. Nobody did it, man. Nobody. Um, yeah. And it's, it's crazy to see the creative, you know, around it. And, you know, obviously Pasquale is, is at the top, like, you know, per usual. And, you know, he's just going above and beyond. And, you know, we're all cooking up ideas, you know. You know, there's a couple of things that I'm working on related right now. Um, and that's as much as I can say. But, um, <laughs> like always, you know, it's, it's, it's just great. It's a great thing, you know, that what, you know, during this time, everybody's still trying to be positive and do positive things, you know. You know, I know, like, the Digital Mirage and, yeah, I that was the Brownies one, and then there was, like, the room service one. You know, they raised a lot of money. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously, I know, you know, it went in, like, thirds, like, you know, third to the producers, you know, another third, one third to the artists, and then, like, another one third, you know, they're helping out local small businesses and, you know, and charities and stuff like that. Yeah. There, there's, you know, a lot of people being impacted by this, you know, and that's also something that, you know, while I've just kind of just been sitting on my hands here, you know, you know, I'm just grateful, you know, to be, you know, still, you know, with, you know, a job, a roof over my head, you know, stuff like that, food on, yeah, you know, food on the table, because there's a lot of people not like that. Um, so it's more, uh, you know, that's just the beautiful thing behind it all, too. Absolutely. It, well said, Isaiah. Well said. There is there is beauty in all the chaos, right? Like, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's more so, you know, going back on the question, it's just, I think a lot of us are excited you know, um, new challenges are, you know, fun to overcome. And, um, you know, we're, we're all excited to get back, you know, and to, you know, just start working on this stuff and, you know, do it all. But also, you know, just like, like you said, it's going to be a challenge. You know, we're going to have to, the safety of, you know, the fans, the artist team, you know, our team, the, you know, the venues team, you know, all the patrons is like the number one concern. So it's just going to be, no, that's going to be our biggest challenge of all is like, how do we do this while keeping everybody safe and, you know, not, you know, doing, you know, messing it up or getting in trouble with the health stuff. <laughs> it's a hard thing. It's like, you know, we don't want to, you know, you can't do it too soon, but we don't want to be too late. And it's like, you know, we're just trying to stay on top and, you know, work with the government, you, know, you know, the Chicago government as much as we can and follow their, follow their lead on it all because, you know, there will be an end of this and, you know, just, Time is the only thing. Yeah, man, of course, taking it day by day. And, of course, you know, North Coast is kind of probably the thing looming on a lot of people's mind along with Lollapalooza. Are you guys just taking it day by day, of course, if you're able to share anything? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, we're just taking it day by day. Like you said, you know, um, a month ago, you know, you, 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 we were all like, you know, we don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Year's over, right? <laughs> but now there's like, you know, there's a timeline. There's, you know you know, a plan in action, and we're just following, you know, day by day, and, you know, it's, the health, you know, is obvious, it's just, like, the biggest thing, you know, it's just the safety for everybody, and we're, you know, we're following health professionals, we're following the government officials, and, you know, if they say don't do it, we're not going to, you know, right. just, you know, for the safety of everybody, and, you know, just come back and do it just as good next year. I'm glad to hear that, man. I, I'm, I'm happy that, a lot of people on your team, if ever, not everybody, is very optimistic. I'm optimistic. I've been saying I'm realistically optimistic. So, yeah. you know, hearing from you from the horse's mouth is is awesome because everybody wants Chicago summer to come, man, right? That's literally why we live in Chicago. We do 10 months of this fucking bullshit weather just so we can have a few fun days, right? Yeah. Um, there's a summer like Chicago summer, that's for sure. And we uh, earn it. We earn it. It's as simple as that. Maybe you and I need to do a separate interview about why Chicagoans and uh, <laughs> everybody in the area really earns it, right? Real. Yeah. It's it's always a big thing. You know, I, I I love the biggest Chicagoan thing that I know is, you know, we all complain about the cold, mm -hmm. but we'll go somewhere else and it's like, can't wait to get home. It's <laughs> so a better feeling than getting home, you know, and it's like, yeah. You know, Chicago will be my forever home. And, um, you know, there was a point in time where, um, I want to say like two years ago, I was moving to L.A., everything broke, bags packed and stuff. And wow. um, we, we had complications with the lease, and I didn't. And it was like the biggest blessing in disguise, you know, because I took my job weeks later and, you know, went out with stuff. And, 
more so. But yeah, Chicago's it's forever home. That's awesome, man. Dude, this has been so much fun talking to you. And again, I want to acknowledge you for being truly one of the, the best offensive linemen, dude. Like, I really mean that. Like, you're one of the most important behind-the-scenes guys, you and all your higher-ups, like you've mentioned. But on behalf of all the guys who have given opportunities to thank you, um, you know, you, you crush it, man. You're such a great guy. And my favorite thing about you is you do keep a pulse on the scene, right? You're not just some guy who, like, picks and chooses randomly or, like, this and that. Like, the fact that you respond to people's messages, the fact that you make the effort – to understand where people are coming from, the fact that you do sit in the trailer from 8 a.m. until midnight that night. Like, you're not half-assing this shit, and it shows, brother. Yeah, I appreciate the kind of words, you know. I, and I, you know, I like to say, you know, I, I don't like to take too much credit. You know, I just, you know, I owe it to, you know, the fans, the people like you who are supportive, you know, and, you know, all the artists and all, you know, all the teams and everybody who's taught me and mentored me for sure. Of course, man. Well, we've still got a long journey ahead of us, and I can't wait to see you again soon. Hopefully, this will all be over. And um, thank you again for making some time, bro. Yeah, appreciate it. It was good to talk with you again, Matt. You too, man. You keep mowing that lawn out there. I want to see a video. <laughs> me and me, okay? I want to just like feel like I can smell it at least. Yeah, uh, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm counting down. You know, the days. You know, till Friday. You know, I got to mow it every Friday. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't be, you haven't become a dad yet, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. halfway there though but it was great to talk to you Isaiah I'll hit you again soon alright bro alright man take it easy you too yeah Isaiah